beyond infinity. Welcome to the program. I've got Michael Simonetti, CEO and founder of And Mine, which is a digital marketing agency based in Melbourne, Sydney, the Gold Coast, and Asia. G'day, Michael. Piers, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. We spoke last year during the beginning of the pandemic. We talked about how going digital was a pretty vital move for a lot of businesses during lockdown and during COVID-driven restrictions on business activity. And you gave some pointers about what companies could be doing and should be doing. I was just going to ask you to start with, you've had a pretty big year, a big 18 months since the pandemic began. And a lot of that has been driven by you know new customers needing your services in in um, in how to get successful campaigns online, search engine optimization, all those sort of tricks that you guys are um, expert at. Just going to ask, how's the last eighteen months been for you? Well, for us, it's been astronomical, as you said. Uh, the change or the you know the lockdowns have caused such a change to habits and the way people shop. And the way people, you know, can spend money because you know, can't go away or can't go on holidays, can't go overseas, can't travel. All of that's going somewhere, and a lot of it's being dumped into e-commerce and online. So, from a social media perspective and a and a retail commerce perspective, like that space has just been has moved ahead. You know, some have calculated that four or five months in lockdown accelerated our habits online and our spending online. You know five years ahead in Australia so for our agency we've seen the I suppose roll-on effect of that where you know organizations are scrambling to get to get their acumen up in and around those levels and that's I mean essentially that's what we do anything in you know our tagline is if it's digital we do it so you know that that's starting to resonate it's a great business to be in right now, isn't it? I mean, it was always a good business and, and we were kind of already going in this direction. So the technology, I guess the good thing that, that that we've had as an advantage going into this pandemic is we already had teleconferencing tools, we already had Skype, we already had WebEx, we already had FaceTime. We already had all the, a lot of those tools did exist and a lot of them have been improved or become very, very popular there's been a lot of activity in that space to cater to the increased demand around the world for those services because of remote learning, because of isolation, because of people work, you know, office workers working from home, all that stuff. What stands out for you as your most satisfying work over the over the last eighteen months? You know that you're most proud of. Ooh, that's a really tough question. <laughs> um, it's it's. I'd actually have to think about it for a little while because it has been so manic for 18 months that it's almost indescribable like the 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 gear change that's happened here you know Mm. like when covid first hit we obviously saw a drop because all of our uh you know unfortunately all of our our restaurant hospitality entertainment based clients uh were you know essentially written off overnight so you know the landscape or the pullback was like wow what's going to happen you know like we we couldn't forecast that you know people being locked in their homes was going to just trans translate to enormous spendings online mm. um so I, I would probably try and answer the question sort of like in the group setting that you know our most successful campaigns and our most successful work has obviously been around uh, retail and uh, c- consumer products because that's where 
that's where the shift went really quickly you know especially in the i mean we've got furniture clients we've got fmcg clients products with inside coles and woolies we've got health clients we've got you know a whole range of things and with some of the campaigns that we did you know like the easy ones for example when the pandemic first hit we do work for a, a company called melrose health and they sell amongst other things uh, a lot of immunity based products you know like powders and uh health products to help, to help boost your immunity. So mm. we had a campaign that went out really early after the pandemic hit, um, selling vitamin C, which, you know, uh, you know I'm not going to tout the health benefits, you know, that's people can do their own research on that one. But we essentially sold out of that product for them, like within a couple of weeks, you know, like they, <laughs> they, they couldn't make, they couldn't get enough, make enough vitamin C, package enough vitamin C to get out to the marketplace. So, you know, the, the early, I mean, this is like, March, April last year. Yeah. Um, and so from that, like we saw, wow, this is we, what we started to do was look at every account in terms of how do we shift the communication. And this was probably a really interesting piece was we looked at marketing. We, we look at marketing very differently anyway. You know, there's, there's an aspect to marketing that is if you turn on the television and you look at an ad, I mean, those ads aren't very convincing. Some of them are just fluffy, you know, big budget, beautiful advertising that help you look at a product and feel a little warm about it. But the cut through on those ads, you know, you're spending a lot of money to generate a lot of money. And we started yeah. looking at advertising from a point of view of, well, you know, to excuse it, excuse it. Am I allowed to swear on this show, Piers? Go for it. I can, uh, I'll beep it out. You can beat me. Okay, good. Well, we, we said, okay, let's get rid of the bullshit because people, especially now in the pandemic, right? People don't want to be rubbished. Their, their bullshit radar is up and they just want to be told what a good product is and how, how it relates to them. So we changed the, I mean, we're very be, we've been very tactical in our approach in terms of messaging anyway and communication, but anything that the team put forward that sounded like big advertising or, you know, a, a, a trick on words or a play on words to try and, you know, hook you in, we said, let's scratch all of that. Let's just go out and, and speak as honestly as we can about the products and connect with people on a real level. And and that included, you know, we did a lot of work with um, companies where we just brought the language right back and made it more, made it more Aussie. You know, like we're in Australia, um, talk to Aussies, how Aussies talk rather than trying to do some literary beautiful you know, headline that you may see in, in the newspaper that has a nice little play on words, I don't think people wanted that anymore. And so we shifted yeah. a lot of our campaigns to sort of real talk or, or just straightforward talk. I mean, it, you still the product still needs to look good. The campaign still needs to have a good reason. You still need to emotionally hook people in, but just tell them straight out, like, why? And yeah. um, that really started resonating with people. So we did that with, every, I mean, we run two types of, accounts here and sometimes they're in combination one is the you know the the creative advertising uh advertising copywriting marketing and campaign side so the big idea you know the, the fluffy idea that you wrap up around a product to push it out into market and on the other side we do the digital tech stuff so like all the tracking and all of the analysis and all the data analytics and split testing but but without having that big idea right you know no matter what you put down the funnel or what you put down the system it's going to come out worse you know it's not gonna you're not gonna have an optimal outcome but we started mm. seeing a lot of incredible numbers like numbers that we'd never seen before in terms you know like this there's, there's marketing metrics that we look at in terms of returns 
Mm. Those numbers, like we were doubling numbers that we were getting, you know, like good good return on advertising spends might be two, three, four, five. We were getting above tens a lot, even into the 20s, even into the 25s for clients. And that is like, it's astronomical. Like we, we were shocked at the numbers we were getting, but then at the same time, it was like, okay, we're, we're moving towards a place from a campaign position where we're not acting as a big advertising agency. We're not acting as someone that, that has an enormous budget and we can go and spend millions of dollars on things. We've got to be very smart about how we place our, our clients' dollars in, in advertising buying. So that started getting, you know, like we were all on board here. The whole uh, advertising, marketing and copywriting team were, were very on board with that idea from the start because it sort of like felt like a breath of, breath of fresh air, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. And again, it, the, the resonance in numbers that we got out of it was astronomical, and we're and we're basically still on that on that mindset. Yep. Have costs gone up? Have companies like Facebook put up their prices for oh. online advertising? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Supply and demand. You know, like that. Yeah. They know that they've got a captured audience, and it, it's not like someone sitting there going, "Well, let's make the price this." You know, it, it's weighted very intelligently using their algorithms and. You, you know, when, when there's a large volume and more, more people advertising, the numbers go up. Same as, you know, plane tickets at the moment have gone down because they they run on algorithms as well. I mean, I'm sure there's sure. manual interventions on these algorithms and, and weightings that they can put in and campaigns that they can run. But yeah, from, from the most part, uh, all advertising online has gone up. I, I still yeah. think though, I mean, in, um, in comparison... Okay, if done well, if the ideas were done well, if the product's done well, if the if the concept's good, uh, and it's not overcomplicated, and people can relate to it, it's still cheap. You know, they're not setting the price at a point where no one can afford it. That that mm. that, that wouldn't make any sense either. And we mm, do see sure. a lot of big companies investing more money in it now. That also drives the price up for the the landscape of uh, potential advertisers. But there's still um, there's still good deals if you know how to use the system well. Yeah. So how do you use the system well? I know that's a big question. In the preparation we've, we've done for this, this interview now, we've talked about a kind of case study of, a, uh, of a, an instant noodle restaurant. Mm. So, you know, how do you do that well? If you're a small business, say you're a restaurant now, you're struggling because of lockdowns, you've got to rely on your food delivery business or click and collect that kind of, of option to keep yourself going. I mean, particularly in Sydney, because things are, it's looking like they're going to be in lockdown for quite a while. Like it's sort of an indefinite period of time up there. Yeah. Victoria is looking a little bit better and hopefully we'll be out of it soon. Adelaide the same, but then it can re it can reappear. So, you know, all these messaging, all these messages and, and, the, and the sort of importance of what we're talking about really is going to continue to apply. And if not apply even more and more as time goes on. And, you know, interesting to, to kind of hypothesize what happens when you take away the pandemic, you know, how do things, where does that leave everyone? But I mean, I just don't think we, we can't, you can't really foresee a time when you can take away the pandemic. So, so these changes oh, and these refinements are here yeah. to stay, basically. I think that they were here to stay before the pandemic. The pandemic has just amplified the need to, mm. again, this goes back to the campaign or the messaging or the core idea. We were always pushing simplicity. Okay, so... Right. The technology allows us to do things in extremely sophisticated ways, okay? Split testing, multiple words, try lots of things, you know, but that's a real, it's expensive and it's a shotgun approach to advertising because you, you can overtest as well. Like you have to have a very good sense of what the campaign message and the idea should be to push out. And yep. 
so to do it well, it starts with what is the idea? Why are we going out? What are we saying? Who's going to listen? You know, how do they relate to this? And we always look at it like the messaging that we come up with or the content that we come up with to explain or to promote a product has to be at the barbecue talk level. So if we're at a barbecue, Piers, and I want to tell you about, I don't know, a sports drink or a, 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 a you know, a, a phone or anything, right? You want to be able to wrap that up easily in a sentence and sort of have it said to you in a way that you can propagate that idea as well. So it's me yeah. telling you at the barbecue, you going back and say, hey, you know, to the missus, Michael said this about uh, that energy drink, you know, what do you think? What we're trying to do is open up the conversation around an idea, which we call a territory that we can own. Yeah, something that that territory is both relatable, but it's also an idea that is easily shared. Yeah, in that mm, when it's we interesting. get interesting, it's, like, it's like a place, territory. It's like a place. Yeah, it is like a place. That's exactly how you look at it. And if the territory is very uh, populated, okay, or it's complicated, it's hard mm. to define. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, difficult terrain. Yeah, 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 it's like a difficult terrain. But if you know, okay, well, there's two rolling hills and a and a um, stream going through it, you can picture that in your head right now. That's how clear we want people to be able to understand products and product messaging, mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. service products or services. So then, yep. you know, to use our hypothetical example and um, to to touch on the um, enormous change in the hospitality and restaurant industry. And you know, I've got to be very careful here because I've got great friends who own restaurants and they're struggling and they've got massive problems. And so I'm not, this is not a panacea or ideas where I go, well, this is, this is easy fix. It's, it's not, I mean, there's, there's many levels that come below what I put forward in terms of simplicity now. But the sure. idea of the instant noodle restaurant as a hypothetical, the reason why that's a good idea is everybody knows what instant noodles are it's easy to adapt, you know, add a piece of meat, add an egg, you know, add some spices. You know, you go off a raw uh, instant noodle package, which costs nothing anyway. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a very simple, single concept. And what I see a lot of companies do, not ju- and this is before the pandemic as well, is they overcomplicate their offering. You know, they have 30, 40 items on the menu and it's hard to differentiate the, the what they do, right? Like every comp- every cafe in Melbourne does coffee, pretty good coffee because it's competitive. But if you think about every cafe, it's rare that you go, I can differentiate that cafe besides its location or the people that work there in terms of its offering. Mm-hmm. You know, they all sell biscuits, they all sell the little cakes, they all sell the um, croissants that they order from somewhere else uh you know they do toasted sandwiches but there's nothing st- you know that the avocado on toast is the big uh, that the, you know the, the in melbourne or australian joke around uh, you know overspending on cafes so we, yeah. we know that they all do that already but uh you know the idea is okay well how do you pair back your menu and have a couple a one or two or three one if possible hero that everybody comes for right like if you go to like delis in the u.s in new york and uh, they do like a, a, a cream cheese salmon bagel. Now, that might not be your thing. But I was in Brooklyn and like people knew to tell us you got to go to that place to try that menu item. And we just don't seem, seem to have that idea around simplicity here, right? You need a hero to bring in people. Like the Big mm. Mac brought people into McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm. that idea is so simple 
and you can build a menu around it, but it doesn't feel like that's what they were doing or that's what they're doing. And where where we might be an Italian restaurant or a Thai restaurant, but then we know what the menus are of those places and we, we haven't got to the point where we're going, okay, well, I'm going to do a particular dish so well that that is going to be the hero and i'm going to sell maybe that's 50 percent of your sales maybe it's 20 maybe it's a huge chunk but people know you for that item yep so it's like start simple and then if you can once you've got that that loyalty then you can add you can make it a bit more complicated from there you can add menu items after that but start simple the reason start simple and this is the same message that we give to clients with a hundred SKUs, a hundred products is that what is the hero? What are we going out? What are we going to market? Because you can't market them all at once. I mean, I can bring them to your website and you can have all those products there, but what are we starting with? Because I can't go and start a conversation and start reeling off a hundred. Like if you're at a party, you can't say, what do you make at your restaurant? And you start going, I make a hundred things and start listing off the menu items because no one's going to listen to you. That's the most boring conversation you've ever heard in your life, unless you're a chef. And it's a different, yeah. there's a different market, right? But just for yeah. the for the everyday person, there is so much noise online. There is so much marketing online. There is so much poor messaging online, right? Mm. And and it's confusing that people turn off. Mm. So our job at the start of any project, and we're unbelievable on the tech side, unbelievable. You know, it's one of our greatest strengths. But I would not put that forward versus the idea and the creativity at the start because that is so much more powerful in a world where you know there's it's it's extremely competitive in terms of the dollar spend and that's why I was saying you can spend extremely well on these platforms even though they're getting more expensive if your idea is a cut through relatable clean and simple idea that's going to get more people through the door ready to buy you know with the wallets open yep See, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because let's face it, I mean, a lot of businesses, there aren't that many businesses that really are particularly unique. I mean, a lot, you know, the, the best businesses, the, the most well-known brands, I guess, have got something that's unique about them. But, you know, if you're talking about restaurants that serve coffee and they serve, you know, you, you said it before, they've, got, they've got, really got a very similar lineup. So it is hard to kind of differentiate yourself when you're something that there are a lot of other independent businesses doing the same thing yeah and you'll find that the ones that are probably above average in your area or above average in the in the in the local community where people will walk or travel to to get something especially again Mm. during the pandemic this has been more apparent than anything Mm. they've got something that they've landed on that stands out a little bit you know like it Mm. it might be the fact that you know i know a couple of places near us you know like it's either the personality of the person that draws people in and that, that can hold that can hold court in terms of the conversation in and around the order, yep. or yep. it's you know they're perceived at having a high quality product because you know the Italians make the coffee in the area, you know, and that there's a gravitational uh, idea because people have done that organic connection themselves. They haven't they haven't meant it. It's just been it's just happened the way it is. But again, with the competitive marketplace of today you need to engineer this idea in from the start you, you need to build that idea in or simplify back to it and if you don't i'm sure that your overheads for everything else is astronomical because you're juggling so many uh, items and menu items but you, you're not you don't have a bestseller like have a bestseller everyone mm. should so going back to the case study of the noodle restaurant so you've got a simple message 
And this is really, you know, we're trying to illustrate it for, for listeners who may have a, a business or maybe planning to take a business online or to, to adjust things in light of the restrictions and lockdowns and stuff that, that apply. You've got a simple message. You've, you've rationalized your menu down to one or two key things which, you know, stand out, which, which are better than most of your known competitors can offer. What else can you do? to try to ensure business success. It's not a noodle restaurant, right? So it is the instant noodle restaurant. I'm talking about the like rip packs with the with the the flavoring pack in there that you got to boil yeah. in your own water, right? Like yeah. that that idea probably shouldn't be a restaurant because, you know, you can go to Coles and Woolworths and buy the pack and heat up, you know, boil some water yourself and in 3 minutes it's ready. That's why it's a good hypothetical because if you wanted to make that a trendy idea, I think there's an angle that you could because it's so mm. simple, right? You mm. have to add something. You've got to add your own special mix or slice on that idea. And again, I'm not a chef, so I'm not inventing the menu. I'm just mm. saying you can imagine a place where people start buying into the, to the idea of an, an instant noodle with a twist restaurant, you know, and then it becomes yeah. the, the instant noodle place because the, the benefits of it, and again, you've got to figure out the logistics, but... How do you, like what I see a lot of cafes and places and restaurants doing wrong in COVID is, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, is ordering on Uber. And when it gets to you, it's not the same experience in the restaurant. Yeah. But they've yeah. made them, they haven't changed or adapted their menu enough to realize that there's going to be a, a motorbike rider riding your dinner through 15 minutes of cold temperature, potentially in rain, and dropping it off your door. So the ones that I see do, that have understood this, you know, is like the fish and chip joint around the corner. They rip the pack of the fish and chips before it goes to the driver so that the, the moist air can escape and you get the higher probability of chips being crunchy when they land at your door. Now, it's yeah, not right. perfect, but they've thought about that one thing, right? And yep. not enough, again, this is from... from probably over excessive use during lockdown <laughs> but like i know that they've that like the quality of the dish is just so like it's better just to like leave it and reheat it the next day because at least that experience is what you're used to mm. Mm. right the reheated food is going to taste the same but like if you're trying to get the same quality at the door again those things haven't been thought of and, and it's not easy like in retaining heat or other these other things but the product just needs to be how am I going to get this to someone's door and it, it's going to be in a 15-minute travel situation? Sure, and it's something you've got, to, you've got to think about because otherwise with all the other options out there with dehydrated food, with food that comes as you know, things like HelloFresh where they, where they give you all the ingredients mm. like literally down to the, you know, down to the last yeah. sort of bay leaf to go in your pasta yes, um, and, and uh, you put it together and you've got a pretty good meal. You know, okay, you've got to do more, you've got to make it, but everything's being delivered to you in the way of exact ingredients, usually quite good quality ingredients. So again, you know, it, it's part of your need to compete uh, is to answer these questions in an appropriate way. So yeah, and get and get the and get the like if you think about the in the weeds the on the plat on the on Uber Eats and on on the other delivery platforms, like you get to, you've got to put the pictures up there, but and you've got to change the price because they're going to take a cut. I would re-engineer the menu to be simplified so that the heroes are up front. Um, they're very visual. The price is good, like for you, not for the consumer, because the consumer, you know, they they've got cash at the moment because they haven't been able to spend on other things, and 
eating out is one of the or eating in is one of the luxuries that you know some of us or a reasonable chunk of us can afford just because of the volume that's gone up so much you can see that yeah, but sure. if you did that extremely well, I mean, you're buying customers now in the current situation plus in the future and you're simplifying your menu down to things that, again, are deliverable well. Yep, indeed. Michael, look, it's, it's a fascinating subject. We could keep talking forever, but time is uh, getting away from us. So, so, look, thank you so much for your time today. Hopefully, this has helped smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses who are thinking about how they're going to you know, survive these lockdowns and how their businesses can, can go digital and how they can clarify their message and do the right thing. Hopefully there is some benefit to those sort of organizations. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalog of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.